0: Hi, this is Dr. Christian Gonzalez. Welcome to another episode of Heal Thyself. Thank you so much for joining our show in this quarantine, in this time. Um, I really want to speak today about a few points. Well, before I get into the Knowledge Bomb segment, which is going to be on stress eating, which we're doing a lot of. I know a lot of people are indulging in foods, whether it's from stress or boredom, but I want to talk about that and ways to avoid it or um, d- different interventions that we can put forward to reduce that. But I also am doing a Q&A today. So I haven't done one since last year, and I really enjoy doing Q&As because um, once I put out that message, hey, submit your questions, there's just a variety of questions. So I'm sure that all of you who are listening are going to benefit from the Q&A because I'm sure that you all share a lot of the same questions, uh, inquiries on how to better your lives. So really exciting show today. Uh, without further ado, Let's sneak right into the knowledge bomb. All right, so stress eating. Stress eating is certainly a thing during this self-isolation period that we are in. Uh, Lord knows I've gone into my pantry more than a few times out of boredom, sometimes out of stress and everything in between. So uh, I know I'm not the only one out there. So I wanted to share a few things about stress eating and why we stress eat, what happens in our body, and then my favorite ways to reduce it and how to, I mean, if it's serving you, then keep doing it, but if it's not serving us, which a lot of us it isn't serving, then let's make that intervention, all right? So uh, again, I mentioned that we are in this position of convenience, right? We're home and um, we have some stuff in the pantry or in the refrigerator. Uh, And then we are also in this collective emotion, right? And the collective emotion is sort of a fear-based one that is causing us to stress eat. So this is a very stressful time. We can be in a place where where there's a lot of exposures and some deaths happening. uh, Or we can even just put on the news right at our fingertips and we can be exposed to some fear. And that fear is going to have a physiological response in our body. You can even jump on a text Chain of your friends, and I'm sure that someone is talking about coronavirus. So the newest article that is uh, fear based uh, about coronavirus. So, the, really, the topic of the collective consciousness is this whole fear based, just, just a tidal wave that is overcoming a lot of us. And you can even feel it, right? You can feel it. You can feel it when you walk outside, you can feel it when you turn on the news, you can feel it when you talk to your friends. So, what happens is uh, in acute times of stress, our adrenal glands right above the kidneys release cortisol. And we need that evolutionarily, right, to protect us. That's our stress hormone. In these prolonged times of stress though, when it's elevated and it's chronic, that's causing signals to our body and telling our body what the outside environment looks like. Right, so it's gonna increase our hunger and it's going to also increase the body's ability. So. If you give the message to your body that there's food scarcity or there's something to be stressed about, the body is going to hold on to its nutrients much, much more. So that's why we see a lot of people in times of stress hold on to fat or having issue losing weight. So prolonged mental stress is sending that signal to our body that food is scarce. So, hey, body, food's really scarce. I need you to tightly, tightly hold on to our fat storages. So when we are stressed like this, we use that energy to graze and snack. So then naturally in these times, many of us are reaching out for control and comfort um, for accessible food that we have. Uh, and we're eating more than normal, many of us. Uh, and the likelihood is that we're exercising less, right? Because we ain't going to the gyms that we were going to, whether it be the work the work gym or uh, just the town gym, wherever we're going. And I certainly, like I said, have been guilty of doing it too. Sometimes I'm just like... Not even that hungry, but I'm going to the pantry and like, ooh, this snack looks good. Um, but I'm also making sure that I'm balancing it out with other interventions that I'm going to share with you. So what are some of the easy interventions to avoid stress eating? First and foremost, turn off your TV. Go on a TV fast. Right? Far too often the media is now less about objectivity and more about headlines and clickbait. Um, and that's at the expense of our mental state, right? They're selling their shows, so be careful what you allow in your consciousness. Just like I said um, before in one of my shows, you wouldn't allow a low-vibration negative person in your life, so you have to be more discriminate about what you allow in your energy field. And again, if you're watching TV all day, or even if it's on ambiently, your, your subconscious is still going to catch on to those fear-inducing tactics that are being used. So go on media fast. All right. Turn it off. Turn it off for a day. Turn it off for two days. Turn it off for a week. Whatever serves you. Keep up on some stuff if you want to, but find objective articles online. Right. And pay close attention. How often when you're being exposed to this news or fear based, fear based um, information if you are snacking around it, right? A lot of us don't know our habits, but a lot of us maybe are snacking right around when we have the stress stimulus. So wake up and start your day with rituals. As I mentioned always, that ritual is going to set forth the mindset for the whole day. Um, And it takes you away from really being in the experience with blinders on, and you can step back and observe. You are more empowered when you start your day with rituals. And so again, I, I say it all the time, you can journal, you can write gratitude, you can speak gratitude. You can do affirmations. You can visualize your day. You can say, literally, I am not stress eating. I am empowered. I am eating full meals. I am eating whole meals. I am eating nutritious meals. I am without need to to stress eat. Just as long as you keep saying it, it's. I I kid you not, you 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 literally. Act as if, and it's one of the most empowering things ever. So literally those words carry energy. So if if stress eating is a real big problem for you, then put that into your rituals and speak it out loud that you are empowered to not stress eat. Okay. What about the more tangible things, right? So easy, easy, easy. If you love snacking on chips or snacks, don't buy them. When I went to the, I used to love actually what was it, the Siete chips for a while. And I was eating them all the time as a snack and I just stopped buying them and then I just stopped snacking. So literally one, the availability. When you go food shopping, don't hoard. Don't overbuy, certainly don't overspend and don't fill up your pantry um, thinking that now we are not going to, we're going to go into a food scarcity, right? Because if you have that food accessible, chances are you're not allocating that day to day and you're going to finish it. And I've seen it, I've done it, right? Like I've, I'll buy three bags or whatever and you know, it's supposed to last me the week and it lasts me two, three days. So that's a big problem. Instead uh, of having those snacks, just have fresh fruits available, right? I can't tell you how many oranges I've been eating during this quarantine. It's because, you know, I feel the uh, want to snack or something to just put in my stomach. I'm a little bit hungry, so I'll just eat an orange instead. So really having accessible fruits and visibly putting them out there in the center of your kitchen table, wherever they're visible throughout the day, so you can pick at it or grab it, whatever it is, and that can start replacing You're snacking with healthier foods in the first place. Really good one, tangible one for all my planners who need structure, set up a quarantine meal schedule and put it together so you know that, okay, I'm gonna prepackage healthy snacks whether the night before or early in the morning, whether it be dark chocolate or trail mix or chips, even nuts are really filling and they're a really nutritious snack and if you need a sweet fix add a little bit of raisins with them right so pre-package the portion so you're not overeating and complement the schedule with making sure you are hitting a quota and hitting a quota of vegetables right so add in some greens right let's say two servings of greens one servings of colors of the rainbow of all the other vegetables right and then Having these fresh veggies is super important because you want a vibrant meal. You want all the rainbows, all the colors of the rainbow in your meal. Start implementing fiber and protein-rich meals. This will help stabilize your blood sugar and reduce those cravings and that impulse to eat. Beans and legumes are a really good one. Um, They cover both fiber and protein, and they're really good at filling you up. Always make sure you're drinking enough water, um, adequate amounts of water. I'm always filling it throughout the day because as you're filling with water, you're less inclined to be snacking. And also you can start implementing herbal teas if you're not. A lot of people say they've been starting to drink more and more herbal teas during this quarantine, which is really great. So you can also complement your water intake with that. Um, normalize your eating habits is really important. So especially if you're eating sugary snacks, it's really important that to know that stress and sugar are the biggest ways to reduce our immune function. So every day, if you're stressing, and every day you're eating those crappy snacks, chock full of sugar, chock full of uh, trans fats, and then you're putting them into your body. Guess what's suffering the most? Your immune system, right? So really important. Go outside, go for walks, work out, move your body. So so important for the immunity. But also, if you're over consuming calories, make sure you're burning some too, right? Go to the park, jog, play frisbee, move your body. So you're at a better place even if you do go back and you start snacking, you at least know you're getting protein-rich meals, fiber-rich meals, all the colors of the rainbow, drinking adequate water, drinking adequate tea, and moving. Okay, then I feel in a better place if I'm having uh, uh, indulging in some sugary snacks or something. Um, and if you're working, work in time blocks. Set up time blocks for yourself. Turn off everything. Go all in. Set you know, two-hour, three-hour time blocks. And then um, be away from snacking stimulus, right? So don't don't set up your workplace right by the pantry or the drawers where you keep your snack. And certainly um certainly just be away from it, be in a place that's comfortable, conducive to your work environment. And then once you're done, go back to the kitchen and prepare a nutritious meal from scratch. So start cutting, start uh, sautéing if you want, steaming. But make sure you're in it with your meals because that time that you're putting into meals, having a nutritious variety, uh, snack full of variety, you're putting yourself in a better place to, again, stay away from snacking. And I will say a little note about snacking. If you have digestive issues, snacking is going to be – one of the major things that you need to avoid, right? So if you're predisposed with, let's say IBS, or you know, you have constant constipation, or you're getting heartburn, really important to know that when you snack, you're stopping this uh, complex, it's called a migrating motor complex. And it's basically that sweeping motion that happens in your intestines, in your small intestine, that gets rid of all that crap, right? The food, the bacteria. Now, if you are eating, uh, let's say lunch, And then an hour later, you're snacking, and then uh, maybe 45 minutes, you're having another snack. You're stopping that because it's only activated after three to four hours of fasting between meals. So I will say, if you have digestive issues, all the more reason to stop snacking and only be drinking water between meals. All right, there you go. I really hope that was helpful for you all. You can implement some stuff as of today and uh, put yourself in a better place, your immune system in a better place. I'm really excited to get to these Q and A's. It's some of my favorite things that I do on this show. So we're gonna do rapid fire Q and A's. We put together, I mean, there was so many submissions. I'm talking about probably around 500 submissions. I wish I could answer 500 questions. So I answered um, some of the ones that really stuck out. So without further ado, let's get to the Q and A section. Question number one on the Q and A section: How effective is vitamin D absorption through glass as opposed to being outside directly on the skin? All right, this is a good question because I uh, actually more than one person asked this, um, and you know spring and summer are coming through, so it's really important to know. So to all my office workers with a window view, I'm sorry to report you're not getting a sufficient amount of vitamin D through your window. Unfortunately, the window will block UVB rays, which is what we're getting through the sun. that is activating that vitamin D. So uh, about 50% of people worldwide are not getting enough vitamin D. E. It's a big issue. I do suggest every single year getting your vitamin D tested, um, particularly if you live in higher latitudes. Uh, hypovitaminosis of vitamin D, low levels of vitamin D is an independent risk factor for total mortality in a general population. And we also see emerging research that vitamin D is implicated in cancer. Heart disease, fractures and falls, autoimmune disease, influenza, type 2 diabetes, depression, really, really important. And we're not even going to say it's a vitamin, it's a hormone. Really important hormone in the body. UVB light uh, basically strikes our skin, synthesizes that vitamin D, and then uh, brings it to its natural form. Goes through the liver, the kidneys. And vitamin D is of the utmost important when it also comes to the immune system. So now more than ever, really important to be getting sun. Know that when you wear a sun block, you are uh, reducing vitamin D absorption in the skin about 95%. And if you're like me, naturally dark skin tones have natural sun protection already. So we need about three to five times longer exposure in the sun than a person with a lighter skin tone really interesting stuff, which is why I love being in the sun so much. And I could be there for a while before um, I start getting really hot and and red. Um, Also know that different medications block vitamin D synthesis. Uh, Older folks, uh, people in higher and middle latitudes or people with darker skin, people with issues with fat malabsorption are going to have issues with vitamin D. So it's important to always get it checked again with your doctor. All right. Question number two, what do you think about weighted blankets? All right. This is a good question because I myself have one. So people use these as sleep aids, um, especially with folks with anxiety. Uh, it's basically made of these. It's a blanket made of high-density microbeads. And they can go literally from 5 pounds all the way to 30 pounds. Um, and they usually have charts based on how much you weigh to know how much you should get a weighted blanket with. So make sure you cross-reference that if you're um, interested in getting one. So basically what happens is the once you're getting that weight when you're sleeping, you're getting deep sensory stimulus, right? So it's reducing that sympathetic response, that anxious response. The sympathetic is being activated when you see a lion. That's your sympathetic response and promoting more of the parasympathetic, that relax, the rest, digest, lowering your blood, uh, reducing blood flow, uh, lowering your heart rate. That's really important stuff when you want to sleep, right? No one wants to be in a running away from a lion mode. Um, And Dr. Michael Bruce spoke about this on his blog. He mentioned a study that shows the effects of deep pressure stimulation from weighted blankets and found that there was a 33% reduction in stress as measured by a test of physiological signs of arousal. And then among these participants, 63% uh, reported feeling a decrease in anxiety and 78% said they found the weighted blanket was a preferable way to increase their level of calm. It's literally like a hug all night. It's really cool. Um, make sure if you do get one, look for an organic one, a GOTS certified, GOT certified weighted blanket. You can find one on Amazon. I put in the in- inquiry on Amazon. I saw uh, a bunch of results. So check it out. Really cool stuff if you're interested. And it can be very helpful, especially if you suffer with anxiety before around sleeping time. And it's, and it's affecting um, your good night's rest. How bad is a microwave? It's so convenient. So um, let's... Well, before I get into how bad a microwave is, or if it's not bad, let's talk about the spectrum of radiation. Um, we're all exposed to ambient radiation from the earth, and not all radiation will induce DNA damage, right? Radiation can be dangerous because that's what it does. It induces DNA damage and can lead to cancers down the line. So high-frequency radiation, which are the ones that induce DNA damage, are things like x-rays. That's why you don't go and get x-rays every month, because they actually can induce DNA damage because they're so high-frequency right? They cause ionizing molecules. They basically remove these particles in the body, and that's no good um, into the body. So lower frequency radiation are things like radios, right? Microwaves. Those are ones that do not have the energy to ionize particles into the body. So microwaves are absorbed uh, by the water, In your food that's how they heat it up or if you put tea or a cup of tea or something that's it's basically absorbed into the water and it excites the molecules and that's what heats it up but no it doesn't make your food radioactive and the amount of radiation that leaking from the that leaks from the microwave itself is pretty low um a bigger concern is really getting burned or injured because it's really hard to um measure or predict how hot the food's going to come out and can really can people can get scalded from microwaves and there's a lot of there's every year Tons and tons of people go to hospital from it because um, that unpredictability behind it. But do I use them? No. Um, I actually like to cook my food uniformly, and I don't think microwaves do cook the food uniformly. Um, There can be nutrient reduction, but there's also nutrient reduction when you cook on a stovetop or you bake or you fry or even steaming. Um, So different methods of cooking will reduce it. Some people are more advocating that um, microwaves cook for a short amount of time. So that might be a better way. Um, We do know in mushrooms that microwaving actually keeps the nutrients in mushrooms better than any other traditional form of cooking. So if you microwave, know that more water on the veggies is going to be a bigger reduction in nutrient loss. So the food you put in there, the drier, the better to keep the nutrients. So that's my take on microwaves. Um, Again, I don't use one, but there's one in my place, and sometimes I'll use it if I'm in the rush. All right. Can you shrink or get rid of fibroids naturally? So um, fibroids are growths that can appear uh, on the uh, uterus that are painful and can cause uh, many disruptions in in women's monthly period. Uh, So number one, you got to get your hormones checked from the get-go right? You've got to get estrogen and progesterone checked both in the serum. And I would recommend that your doctor run a Dutch test to get the full idea of not only the hormone levels, but their metabolites. It's equally as important, right? And if you don't have a doctor who's um, willing to run that part of the test, the urine hormone test, then get one that can, right? Find a functional doctor through IFM, find a naturopathic doctor through naturopathic.org. And then most of these practitioners will be very well versed on how to run that test, and how to read it. So um, access to your hormones is really important, but also they'll help you with lifestyle factors and foods. Should children get detoxed if not eating all organic food? If so, what kind of detox is safe? Okay, so no, they don't have to be, quote-unquote, detoxed. Um, They shouldn't be on a detox program, especially not that early, but your kids should be pooping daily, making sure that they're sweating daily, making sure that they're eating healthy variety of colors of the rainbow foods, drinking adequate amounts of water, right? So yeah, you definitely want to reduce the pesticide, herbicides, insecticide exposures in your kids. Um, I'm definitely an advocate of organic food for everyone, um, but especially for children, right? Because we are seeing studies that show that organic foods do have an effect or uh, uh, pesticides in non-organic foods have an effect in children and a child's biology. We know it affects their child's nervous system. We even know the mechanism of how it does it. Um, well, there was a, jur- uh, a study in the Journal of Obstetrics, Gynecology, and ne- Neonatal Nursing that um, was quoted as such. Many chemicals, pesticides, including organophosphates, specifically work by targeting enzymes that regulate neurotransmitters, such as acetylcholine, which is uh, released by motor neurons. So we know how it affects the body. And that's one mechanism of how pesticides do. But children already are at risk because of their um, immature Uh, immune system as it's growing and developing, as well as all their tissues, organs. So it's really, really important to, at at the very least, if you cannot afford to feed the whole family organic, start with your children, really important. Um, And again, if you can't eat organic, make sure you're washing thoroughly your produce. You can use diluted vinegar or different produce washes. It's not going to get rid of all the adulterants, especially the ones that are in the um, the flesh of the uh, produce. But it's, it's one of the best moves you can do. Um, and actually it's given me a really good idea for the next episode. I I think I'm going to put together a show on, um, how pesticides affect a child's biology. Really important for all of us who have kids to make sure and understand what the implications are. All right. Next question. Can nursing moms do any kind of detox? I would say no. I would avoid doing any type of concerted detox uh, with your doctor until really nursing is done because one way toxins are released are through breast milk, right? We know persistent organic pollutants, pesticides, heavy metals, and other contaminants can accumulate in the breast milk, and you certainly don't want to be passing that to your child. As per the Environmental Health Perspectives Journal. Um, the, uh, persistent organic pollutants, which include polychlorinated p-dioxins, which I had a show on dioxins, polychlorinated dibenzofurins, polychlorinated biphenyls, and certain organochlorine pesticides, such as DDT, all tend to become magnified in the food chain over time. Breastfeeding infants are thus the final target of these chemicals, right? So, um, it's, if you want to do a concerted detox, more importantly, it would be before conception, right? And um, if, you want, if you really want to do it after the baby, then make sure the baby's not breastfeeding anymore and work with your doctor, okay? All right, would you consider CBD oil, CBD oil a safe option to help with the side effects of chemotherapy? It's sort of a loaded question because you got to make sure it doesn't interact with the therapy or any medication. And then I certainly would be open to it. Um, there is considerable, considerable evidence of the role of CBD when it comes to uh, the side effects of chemotherapy, especially on how it works on the endocannabinoid system, which we all have in our bodies throughout our bodies. Um, it's a, it has a considerable, ro- considerable role. Uh, in the side effect of nausea, CBD can be an anti-nausea, anti-emetic, meaning reducing vomiting. And um, I still do have to have to do a CBD oil review, but I will say that New Leaf at this point is the best one that I've found for CBD oil. Um, it's the one that I have right there in my bedroom. So um, again, if you are thinking about taking CBD, be sure to communicate this with your oncologist to make sure it would be safe and won't interfere with any of the medications that you're on. Acne! Exclamation mark what would you recommend for supplements and diet for acne? All right. So I can't recommend a supplement protocol because you're not my patient. And I don't know your medical history for this question, but a lot of men and women suffer from acne even adult acne so what I, what i can say is this you got to ask your doctor to again we spoke about this on the fibroids run a dutch test it's going to be really important because if your doctor won't run this functional test then find a doctor who will with an expansive lab education because it's really important to look at your hormones in terms of the dutch test right because it gives your a practitioner an idea of what the root cause is of your hormones right so you get get uh, that's 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 number 1 you got to get some quantitative data so we understand the full picture because not one thing causes acne. So get off of the obvious stuff, obviously, high sugar foods, high glycemic foods, those foods that are really going to skyrocket your blood sugar and contribute to the formation of um, acne. Get off the processed foods, all the stuff that you keep on the shelf that doesn't spoil over time. You want to start getting off of all of those crappy snacks, all that food. Um, Hygiene is really important too. But also make sure on the context of hygiene, you're not using antibacterial sanitizing soaps, right? Just like our gut, our skin is comprised of a delicate community balance of bacteria. When it's out of balance, that's when that propiobacterium acnes, that bacteria that causes acne, which is hanging out in the pores of your skin, starts eating up that oil and then start making more babies and then causing an infl- inflammatory reaction. And then, boom, we're getting uh, pimples. So get off dairy for sure, right? You do it. You try it. I had a friend once who went her whole teens and her, and her adult life, at least all throughout her 20s. She was 30 years old at the time. She was having acne breakouts. Not only did one dermatologist say, not even mention dairy, but multiple dermatologists because they couldn't get rid of her cystic acne, didn't even mention dairy. So- Really, really important. It wasn't even until her 30s where she herself heard on a podcast the effects of dairy on acne. She stopped it herself, and it completely went away. And this was also echoed by echoed by Maria Marlowe. She was on one of my shows, and her experience with a lifelong acne was complete resolution when she stopped dairy. So such an important intervention. If you have acne, I cannot stress enough, get off dairy. Get off cheese. Try it for six weeks. Try it for eight weeks and see if there's resolution. If you have a dermatologist, then great, but if your dermatologist is giving you Accutane or creams, no, that's not the answer and know that you really need to get to the root cause. Um, all right, can you reverse food allergy sensitivities? All right. Um, well, allergies are, are less likely, but uh, the sensitivities for sure. I did a whole show on this about the difference between food allergies and food sensitivities and um, what the implication of them is in our overall health. Uh, but food sensitivities, you're not necessarily doomed to. A lot of these are because of g- gut permeability. So once you start really working on the gut, that's, that's going to be a big part of the resolution of your food sensitivities, especially if you're able to eat apples for six months and then all of a sudden you can't eat apples and then the same thing happens with another food most likely that's lending towards some gut dysfunction so you got to work on the gut you got to work on the immune system your detox pathways you might even have a stealth infection that is ravaging your gut so really looking for those working with a doctor um, or a practitioner who's able to help you identify them and then put you on a program to get rid of it um, all these things are really important uh, but yeah again if you don't have any idea of what foods you're sensitive to in the first place you can do a test Um, either you can write a food journal about how you feel after each meal. Uh, You can do it for one or two weeks or even better, an elimination diet start. You can even Google how to do an elimination diet at this point. There's so many hits on it. Try an elimination diet. And then once you start reintroducing those foods, you'll see which foods are really aggravating your health and then working from there. I do not like food sensitivity tests at home. I think they don't account for cross-reactivity. And um, I, I just don't think it's a good test. So, Realistically, I think elimination diet is even a better standard. What advice do you have for people who eat a lot of fish, and capital A LOT, all caps? So uh, my advice is to reduce it. Uh, I don't know what you personally, the person asking the question, classifies as a lot. But if you're eating fish every day, my opinion, that's too much. Uh, we polluted our oceans so much, and now the, r- the oceans are returning the favor by polluting us. Fish on paper can be healthy because of its amino acid profile. It has uh, really good fats, right? omegas, usually lower saturated fats than other animal options like cow meat, chicken meat, pig meat. But um, aside from that, we are also being exposed to environmental pollutants in the fish like PCB, dioxins, which bioaccumulate in animals and then take years to detox from you. And then the other side is we also have heavy metal exposure in fish, which is really important to pay attention to, right? I did a whole show on heavy metals, what they do to our body, what the top heavy metals are that are affecting us. Um, So with that said, I totally would limit fish to a few servings per week and make sure you're eating smaller cold water fish, Um, but certainly don't make it a dietary staple for yourself. Should acai berries be organic? Um, As a rule of thumb, I would say all berries need to be organic. These are berries that come from South American rainforests, and uh, again, it's on brand just like with the benefits as as blueberries, beneficial for brain health, beneficial for heart health, really good antioxidant. It actually has more antioxidants than blueberries, but again, I would make sure um, to find them organic. And actually, it's really hard to find acai that's not organic. So it's really hard to find non-organic acai at this point. Um, a lot of the frozen acai is already organic as well as the powders. So uh, yeah, that's my opinion, acai. Can you provide a list of online items that you recommend? I am working on it. Um, We've done a a lot of shows up till now about 58, 59, 58. And I have spoke about a lot of good products or ones that I don't like. So I'm putting together uh, together a master list for you all so you can have access to it and um, it'll be a really good reference guide for you. Should supplements be organic? okay, well that depends on the supplement. Um, It really does, but what do we do? What do we look for? You want to look for um, different certifications. NSF certified, which is public health and safety organization, is independent third-party tested. Really important because what they're doing is that they're certifying what's in the label is in the bottle, right? What you want to know what you're paying for is what you're getting. Um, It also does a toxicology review so they can show that the formula itself is safe, and contaminant review to ensure that the products do not contain any undeclared ingredients or unacceptable levels of contaminants. Really, really important. So uh, you want to make sure that this is this is one of the certifications that this company has. Uh, NSF.org, and you go to supplement and vitamin certification, and you can scroll down to the list of all the supplements that are at NSF certified. You can go online and check that. Other um, certifications that are similar are U.S. Pharmacopeia, USP, or consumer labs. A really common one is GMP certified. That's good manufacturing practices. These are guidelines that provide a system of uh, processes and procedures and documents to assure that the product has the same identity or strength that they're putting out to you, right? Composition, quality, purity that appears on the labels. So so important. It's sort of like uh, NSF, Um, NSF International independently registers manufacturers as re- meeting GMP requirements. So GMP is really common one that you'll probably see on a really good quality supplement. Um, you can also ask yourself for certificate of analysis. I've, I've spoke about those at nauseum. You can uh, reach out to me how to read them or you can submit them to me. I'm not reading all of them, but I will take the time to read some. Um, but COAs will also show raw material purity and independent testing and making sure that they don't have contaminants and you can see it for your own eyes. Therapeutic dosing, you want to make sure that uh, your supplement has a therapeutic dose of what you're getting, right? Let's say if you're buying an herb, you want to make sure that the you don't have to take 10 capsules before you get a therapeutic dose. So you really want to make sure that uh, – and you can do some research on what the therapeutic dose is or talk to your doctor or naturopathic doctor and they'll be able to help you. Um, and make sure that – be careful with things that say proprietary blend. If it says proprietary blend and it has 50 different – Nutrients in it, or fifty different herbs, or vitamins or minerals. The chances are, if you divide that by the 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 dosage of the proprietary blend by fifty, it's going to be really low for everything. So um, be careful with proprietary blends that are really really big. Um, You want to make sure they're uh, you're getting you're paying attention to binders, colorants in capsules. Like say for example, look at the back of a Centrum bottle for the multivitamin and see how many different food coloring they have and different uh, fillers. So Stay away from Centrum, by the way. Um, yeah, and be very careful with Amazon. Uh, Amazon companies lose about $600 billion in annual revenue to Amazon. Um, and only 2%, uh, 2% of the supplement imports are inspected from China and India. So a lot of these Chinese and Indian uh, supplements are on Amazon. So be really sure if you're buying them, you're buying in front of them from the company and not a, not a secondary seller. Um, 90% of vitamin C that we're getting to America is from China which is, geo, is grown on a GMO substrate like corn full of heavy metals. So again, and lastly, supplements aren't cheap. They shouldn't be really cheap. You shouldn't be buying vitamin C for $2, two 3 4 You shouldn't be buying ginkgo biloba for $10. It's probably not ginkgo biloba. All right, next question. Do you have any advice and tips for people with asthma? Yeah, it's, uh, look for the root cause. If, you have, if the answer for your asthma is a lifelong prescription of albuterol inhaler, then someone is missing the boat on basically healing you. Uh, you want to find a doctor who can get rid of the asthma because uh, it's certainly not a lifelong thing. How do I know? Is because I had asthma as a kid. And I stopped drinking milk as I got older, stopped eating cheese as I got older. And I found that really what was exacerbating a lot of it, and it did it did start getting better when I got off the dairy, but really what is ex- exacerbating it was um, my gastric reflux. So I got off the foods that were causing gastric reflux. What happens is our respiratory tract spasms in response to protect our Uh, ourselves and our lungs, from uh, gastric reflux, Uh, we basically have a nerve sensation. Our nerves sense the esophagus, uh, of the esophagus sense stomach acid, and then we have a reflux spasming of our respiratory system. So for me, I found that um, GERD or reflux and bloating were some of the major causes of my asthma, but it might be different for another person. So really getting to the root cause, knowing that maybe even exposures outside of Um, like pollen outside or different grasses, you can have indoor exposures and home exposures. So um, really pay close attention, especially if your child just starts developing asthma out of nowhere. Uh, Really important to start uh, doing an audit of your home and, and really listening to, or even getting an air filter would be powerful if your child has asthma. Is calcium a big need for kids? If we do not give them milk, should we supplement calcium? So for one, you want to check out my show I did on dairy. Um, I did two, basically, one just on dairy. And more recently in the summer, I did uh, one on dairy hindering sports performance. But both of them, I spoke about calcium and, myth, uh, calcium and milk being a myth for strong bones. Um, it is a myth, and we know that now, right? So both calcium from milk and calcium from supplements, they don't do much from bo- for bones at all, right? What's more important for your kid is exercise, movement, and sun exposure. Those are the three things that are going to be helping your child with bone development and bone strength. When I have a kid, they won't be drinking animal milk for sure, but they will be doing those things and also getting in uh, plant-based sources of calcium, which um, as a rule of thumb are even more bioavailable forms of calcium. So really important that you want to get those essential minerals in your child. If you had to choose, what is better, non-organic milk or organic formula for a baby. So um, I did do a show on baby formula that is very comprehensive, so go back and check that. But the easy answer for me is staying away from non-organic milk products, right? The dairy industry is a dirty industry. They feed their cows, their non-organic dairy farms, crap. And those cows are fed inflammatory foods unnatural to their state, and then uh, the majority of it being GMO corn and soy, and then as a result, that milk profile is very different. And we are being, we're suffering with the effects of that. So yes, conventional milk is much more poor quality than organic. But with that said, the hormonal profile for any milk is made for a cow to go from 60 pounds to 600 pounds in a year and not for a baby. So um, I would go with organic formula uh, rather than a non-organic milk. The benefits of black seed oil. Black seed oil is really intriguing because a lot of, um, more and more people are starting to use it. Black seed is a, uh, a flowering plant. And it comes from Asia and the Middle East. Um, and it's used as a flavoring agent and medicinally also in many different countries. So there's some evidence coming out that it's helpful for asthma, which I spoke about actually, uh, diabetes, hypertension, male fertility. Um, and it's likely safe when used in food amounts. And it's possibly safe when used in higher doses, Uh Uh, orally or topically. But really, if you have asthma or diabetes, this might be one thing that you really want to pay close attention to. Um, You can ask your doctor about it, or if they don't know about it, they hopefully will dive into the research for you and maybe you can start supplementing because it can be really powerful for folks. So how did you like the Josh Rose book product? So for that question, it was in reference to, uh, I actually unboxed a, a box sent to me by Amanda Organic Bunny. She has an online store with really some of the top beauty or personal care products out there. Um, And they were dominated by Josh Rosebook products, which she's a big fan of. But I asked her actually for some advice for um, skincare. I wanted really good skincare regimen. So she sent me a lot of these. But um, yeah, uh, uh, she went heavy on Josh Rosebook and they're pure plant ingredients. They don't animal test uh, some of the best out there. I don't have an affiliation with Josh Rosebrook at all, but, uh, more importantly, look, look at, look into my friend, uh, Amanda organic Body. She had basically has the online store, as I mentioned. And if you're looking to start transitioning your makeup, your shampoo, your lotion, um, if that would be a good place to start, um, really good quality stuff. And she knows her stuff too. So, uh, yeah, that's how I feel about that. I will report back about my Josh book products because I have yet to use them in this quarantine. Unfortunately, I left them in my apartment and I have not been home. So the last question is a fun one. If you were a superhero, what powers would you have? Uh, I think time travel would be really cool. I totally would love to get a taste or experience the sixties and the love revolution, really being around that consciousness for a day or a week would be really epic for me. And I think the music was incredible back then. Um, So really just dabbling in uh, that experience would be really something something that uh, I sometimes fantasize about and think about Um, but it also would be cool to maybe go back to the roaring 20s too I love the glamour I love the fashion I love the dancing I love the influence of music and the type of music that was out so um, I think time travel would be a really cool superhero intervention for me but as a talking point why don't you think about what if you're listening or viewing what you would choose and talk to your partner and start a conversation I think it'd be something really fun okay look that's all the Q&As I could have gotten to Uh, They are a little bit of work, actually, because some of them I have to go back and research. But um, I wish I can answer them all. I will be doing Q&As every few months. And uh, hopefully you all love this and found some utility coming out of this. Um, Thank you all for uh, submitting your questions. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate your engagement. I appreciate you supporting the show. Rating, reviewing, subscribing, talking to all of your friends, your family. I get a lot of these DMs. Hey, look, I, I give your show to everyone, and it's changing people's lives. And that's uh, that is the most fulfilling thing that I can hear. So uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Next week, we will have a really good show put together. I, I think I got the idea of what I wanted to do uh, when I was answering these q and So I think we will do the show on children um, and organic foods and how it affects us and pesticides. Really important if you have kids. And um, we'll have a special guest. It will be an in-person guest during this quarantine. So uh, much love to you all. And have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy.